I hope you enjoyed part one of The Ultimate Plan, Christmas part one, earlier this week. I'm only just now getting my voice back, but I'm ready to tell you part two of The Ultimate Plan, The Christmas Story, when we come back. Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, listeners. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. Mark and I both are recovering from flu. Yeah, we have flu this week and we've been a little bit off of our game this week somewhat. He's got flu strain A. And I have flu strain B. So we are resting and recovering at home. And thank the good Lord that we are practical preppers. Because we have everything we need right here in this house. We have each other. and We're recovering. We're going to be okay. Our temperatures plummeted very, very low last night. I think we got down to 5 degrees, which is a record for the state of Alabama, I think. And uh, we're so thankful that we have a warm place to live and heat that's working and our power is not out. But I did promise you part two of the ultimate plan, Christmas story, and I'd like to give it to you in the form of a story that I want to share with you right now. So pull up a chair, put a blanket over your lap, sip some hot chocolate, and listen up. There was once a man who didn't believe in God. And he didn't hesitate to let others know about how he felt about religion and religious holidays like Christmas. His wife, however, did believe, and she raised their children to also have faith in God and the metaphysical meaning of Jesus the Christ, despite her husband's disparaging comments. One snowy Christmas Eve, his wife was taking their children to the Christmas Eve service in the farm community in which they lived. She asked him to come. But he refused. That story is nonsense, he said. Why would God lower himself to come to earth through a man called Jesus who became the Christ? That's ridiculous. So she and the children left and he stayed home. A while later, the winds grew stronger and the snow turned into a blizzard. As the men looked out the window, all he saw was a blinding snowstorm. He sat down to relax before the fire for the evening. Then he heard a loud thump. Something had hit the window. Then another thump. He looked out, but he couldn't see more than a few feet. When the snow let up a little, he ventured outside to see what could have been beating on his window. In the field near his house, he saw a flock of wild geese. Apparently, They had been flying south through the winter when they got caught in the snowstorm and they couldn't go on. They were lost, and they were stranded on his farm with no food or shelter. They just flapped their wings and flew around in the field in low circles, blindly, aimlessly. A couple of them had flown into his window, it seemed. The man felt sorry for the geese, and he wanted to help them. The barn would be a great place for them to stay, he thought. It's warm, it's safe. Surely they could spend the night and wait out the storm. So he walked over to the barn and opened the doors wide, and then he watched and he waited, hoping they would notice the open barn and go inside. But the geese just fluttered around aimlessly, 
and didn't seem to notice the barn or even realize what it could mean for them. The man tried to get their attention, but that just seemed to scare them and they moved further away. He went into the house and came out with some bread, broke it up and made a breadcrumb trail leading to the barn. They still didn't catch on. Now he was getting frustrated. He got behind them and tried to shoo them toward the barn, but they only got more scared and scattered in every direction except toward the barn. Nothing he did could get them to go into the barn where they would be warm and safe. Why don't they follow me? He exclaimed. Can't they see? This is the only place where they can survive the storm? He thought for a moment and realized they just wouldn't follow a human. Oh, if only I were a goose. Then I could save them, he said out loud, and then he had an idea. He went into the barn and he got one of his own geese. He carried it in his arms as he circled around behind the flock of wild geese. He then released it. His goose flew through the flock and straight into the barn. And one by one, the other geese followed it to safety. He stood silently for a moment as the words he had spoken a few minutes earlier replayed in his mind. If only I were a goose, then I could save them. Then he thought about what he had said to his wife earlier. Why would God want to lower himself to be like us? That's ridiculous. Suddenly it all made sense. That is what God had done. We were like the geese, blind, lost, and perishing. God had his son become like us so he could show us the way and enlighten us. That was the meaning of Christmas, he realized. As the winds and blinding snow died down, His soul became quiet, and he pondered this wonderful thought. Suddenly he understood what Christmas was all about, why Jesus, who became the Christ, had come, so that we could become the sons and daughters of the living Christ. Years of doubt and disbelief vanished like the passing storm. He fell to his knees in the snow, and he prayed his first prayer. Thank you, God, for coming in human form to get me out of the storm. Don't tell God how big the storm is. Tell the storm how big your God is. And that, my friends, is basically a very modern twist on the meaning of Christmas. Emmanuel is God with us. That's exactly what God intended to do. He didn't bring Christ into the world as a conquering monarch to take over and be a military superpower. He didn't send Christ as some sort of invisible, unseeable spirit being He sent him to the world to be born just like you and I were born as a little baby so that he could walk among us and that he could know our anguish and sorrow and yet be perfectly sinless and perfect. That is the story of Christmas. It was all prophesied many, many hundreds of years before it happened, all according to the plan that God had placed from the very beginning because God loved us so much that he wanted us to have a relationship with him. And he brought Christ into the world to accomplish that plan. For perfect blood had to be shed in order for the sins to be forgiven. And that perfect blood could only come from the only one who is indeed perfect. And that was Jesus. You see, he didn't come to just be born and do good things and say nice words. He came to be God among us to show us that God is approachable, that God does love us, and that God does care. 
And so that is our Christmas wish for you, my practical prepper friends. As you're making your plans to celebrate this holiday season, Mark and I both wish you the brightest and the warmest and the dearest holiday season. And if you're suffering with a broken heart or if you feel alone, just know that God is close, God does care, and He wants you to reach out to Him. Whatever your circumstance, He is there and He can help. And we wish that for you for this Christmas. And we also wish you the very brightest, happiest, and healthiest new year. Because, you know, life happens, and we want you to stay prepared. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.